Well, she's a meme, so she can't talk. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what's going to happen to this episode. I really don't. <laughs> I think we have like eight salvageable minutes. Hello, world. There's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. A whole lot of love is what we'll be bringing. We'll make you happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who wore their socks up to their knees and their collars popped up to the sky. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we will be saving the most trusted news source of our generation, Dynamite Magazine. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle, and we are your pop culture preservationists. We'll make you happy. A warning to our listeners. Today's episode went off the rails in so many ways. We don't know if the moon was full, or Mercury was in retrograde, or if we were being haunted by the ghost of Lou Ferrigno, who is not even dead. So if there are places where we sound a little unhinged, please know that we were just struggling to make it to the end. And if you make it to the very, very end, well, let's just say I'm sorry. Enjoy. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, because you are talking to kid a dynamite. I recently received a text message that would change history for the Pop Culture Preservation Society. It was from my friend Martha, who had just gotten home from a visit with her mom, who still lives in Martha's childhood home, where Martha learned that her mom had saved every issue of Dynamite magazine that had ever come into their house. It was a goldmine, six years worth of Dynamite magazine. And instead of running to eBay, Martha called me, a true preservationist, exalted status as a society member, Martha, congratulations to you. She could have made a pretty penny selling these, and instead she essentially donated them to our cause of saving the cultural nuggets of the classic Gen X childhood. And nothing says classic Gen X childhood like dynamite. It's my Newsweek. It was my Newsweek. It was my my Us Magazine, my People Magazine, my Entertainment Weekly, all rolled into one. Absolutely it was. I remember the day that the dynamite arrived in the Scholastic Book Order, and it was the Fonzie edition. I think every kid in my third grade class ordered the Fonzie edition of Dynamite magazine. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do you um, guys have any idea when the first time that the uh, Dynamite magazine would have been an option in your scholastic book order? Oh, let's see. I'm going to guess. I'm going okay. to say I'm going to say 78. I'm going to say no, it's got to be earlier than that because I was getting them in 76 for sure. So I'm going to say 75 or 76. It was actually 1974, oh, March of 1974 it. to be exact. And any thoughts on who might have graced the cover of the very first issue okay. of Dynamite magazine? Tell me the month. It was March. March of oh, 1974. You need the month too. Wow, that's that's some I'm gonna wheels say turning on your head. It's it's pre Donnie and Marie, but it's not pre Donnie Osmond. But that's kind of, that's big stuff for Dynamite, to have Donny Osmond on the cover. He would have been on Tiger Beat. Um, Let's say the Brady Bunch. I was just about to say someone from the Brady Bunch or the Brady Bunch. Actually, uh, no. It was Hawkeye and Radar from (gasps) MASH. (sighs) 
They greased the very first cover. So yeah, those were the eyes we, some of Mm -hmm. us looked into when we, if we ordered that very first issue. And there's a, there is a definite mash affinity as I've been going through all of these issues. There's tons of mash in there. And that certainly was not a children's show, but we were watching it with our parents. Yeah. Carolyn, did, uh, when, when did Dynamite start um, being published? Because did, was it tied to Scholastic Book Clubs? Yes, it was. Um, Actually, so 1974, it was founded by, believe it or not, a 27-year-old woman. Her name's Jeanette Mm -hmm. Kahn, and she did the first three issues before she actually left and went to DC Comics as Mm -hmm. um, a writer, publisher, and six years later, I think it was six, five or six years later, she was named the first female president and youngest president of DC Comics. So she wow. was, wow. I mean, ahead of her time. She was 30 years old. She was the president of chick. DC Comics. Yes. But so, also, it's, um, not, it's not really surprising. Uh, well, yes, for the era that a 27-year-old mm-hmm. woman launched this, definitely for 1970, probably three at the time when she's coming up with it. Yeah, but of, not yeah, yeah. in that it's someone young that created this magazine because you can tell she was so still in touch with yeah, she kids. Yeah, she was. Yeah, and what they liked and what they were interested in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The cool thing is the next editor that followed Jeanette was Jane Stein. And guess what? She is the wife of R.L. Stein, the writer of Goosebumps. The Goosebumps books. Yes. Yeah, and there were maybe two more editors that followed um, Jane and Jeanette. And after 165 issues, Dynamite ceased existence in 1992 after 18 years. That's a good run. Can you believe that? That's a good run. Now your quiz is who was on the final cover of Dynamite Magazine. And what March of 1992. I don't want you to suffer because I'm not sure you would have put these two people together, which Dynamite had a way of doing, sometimes putting two people together. Yeah, like Chewbacca and Sean Cassidy. And Sean Cassidy, yeah. Yeah, that that in real life didn't work, but on there it did. Our final cover featured Julia Roberts and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, that's weird. I don't like that. Not sure um, (laughs) what that connection is, but yes, they were the final cover of Dynamite. So we thought the best way to share Dynamite with our listeners would be to read some of the most significant passages we unearthed, you know, to release our findings from this anthropological dig. So why don't we get started? The first episode that we have is October of 1979. Um, Sean Cassidy is on the cover, and the headline says, Sean Cassidy in Breaking Away. So this is a new era for Sean Cassidy. This is not to do Ron Ron. This is not Hardy Boys. The Hardy Boys has now been canceled. And you can tell by the cover that he's a new Sean Cassidy. He's still got the beautiful feathered hair, but he's now got a side part instead of a middle part. Shaking things it's up. It's a new, yep, he Sean. is. He's shaking things up. So when you open the magazine, the first thing that you see is something that says, sticker up your bike. Did you guys have stickers on your bike? Mm-hmm. Yes. Sticker up your bike. It says, give your bike the sticker picker upper with a dynamite set of peel and stick bicycle stickers. You'll find your breaking away sticker in the front of this ish. Which <laughs> it took me a couple of seconds to realize that's Ooh, issue. Issue. Mm-hmm. It's in the front of this ish. And then we were talking about how Jane Stein must have had a way of speaking like kids do. So I don't know if she came up with ish or if she heard people say ish. I loved how they um, would 
include all that fun stuff like stickers. There was always something to punch out from Dynamite mm-hmm. or make a mobile or a yep. game or hang this poster up. I love that. Right. Well, and this right. is very interesting. They So they have a little place where they wish happy birthday to a lot of celebrities. Um, mm-hmm. And then they put the address of that celebrity that, yes. to write a letter to them. So you can send, so the first one is Leif Garrett. His birthday's on um, November 8th. And you can send cards to Leif at Care of Atlantic Records, 75 oh. Rockefeller Plaza, New York, New York, 10019. You can also send one to Lou Ferrigno. If anybody wants Lou Ferrigno's address, please let me know. I have it. I think my sister wrote him a fan letter, to be honest with you. Oh, Lou Ferrigno. She wrote, she probably, yeah, and Ricardo Montalban. Mm-hmm. She probably got she Dynamite. Loves that That's where she got letter. all those addresses. Uh-huh. Uh, probably. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're Lou probably Ferri- right. She probably did. Is Lou Ferrigno cool dead have, or not uh, dead? He, he died oh. early, I think, didn't oh, he? Or am dead. I thinking of Andre the Giant? Andre the Giant's definitely dead. Okay, Andre the Giant died. Maybe Lou Ferrigno is still alive. I hope so. Okay, yeah, we'll do a little fact check. Someone check. Okay. Um, having a sister, though, was cool because one dynamite, we could both um, read it. I'm assuming. I wonder if we did. I wonder if we shared them. Hmm. Okay, my issue of dynamite is from December. My first issue I'm going to share is from December 1980, and I would have been all over this issue if I didn't own it. Uh-oh. I don't remember if I did or not, but this is... Got <gasps> cutie patootie, Chachi. has got Scott Bayo on the cover. And it's a really cute age. This was, this mm-hmm. was, I loved this Chachi. You know, this is like That's right in the beginning. Yeah. And it says Dynamite spends a happy day with Scott Bayo. Scott was supposed to be on vacation when Dynamite was talking to him, but he didn't feel much like relaxing with his usual pastimes. A game of racquetball or tennis. I have poison oak right now, he explained. Besides getting into a hot shower and suddenly having the water turn to ice, Scott told us, this poison oak stuff is one of my main pet peeves. Top of the list. Scott ran into the poison oak while chasing down one of the 50 pigeons he and his dad raised in their California backyard. Pigeon raising is a longtime Bayo hobby, according to Scott. When my dad was a kid, he had a pigeon coop with about 500 birds. And when we lived in Brooklyn, we had a pigeon coop, too. In Brooklyn? Okay. Pigeons are like the garbage dump of yes. birds. Like, that's, that's disgusting, like Scott Bales. Yeah, exactly. No okay, wonder why? And the, and the whole poison ivy thing just seems like too much information, or maybe it's irrelevant. <laughs> I don't... They and have in the, the bottom shower. <laughs> if you want to write a letter to Scott Bayo, send it to ABC TV. Okay, also, uh, my favorite uh, section, if not then because I have no idea, I don't really have a memory of, uh, definite memories of Dynamite, but now reading through all of these is definitely the what's the word. It's like a mini Us magazine or a mini Entertainment yeah. Tonight. It, is it my gives you all part. the celebrity updates. So mm-hmm. I like this one. And also kind of like the one you just read, this is some information that I'm not sure they, first of all, where they got it, how reputable is it, and <laughs> who they should have been giving out. Because this says, It seems like they're line. insinuating stuff. Yes. Hotline Television City. Dana Plato, the 15-year-old co-star of Different Strokes, is hoping the scriptwriters will start giving her some different jokes. (laughs) Says Dana, nothing in the show is funny, but Gary's lines. I'm a straight man for Gary Coleman. Ouch. Dana is not leaving the show, just hoping for some more laughs. Phew. Now, Here's my thing. Phew. That is they put phew in the, that's yeah, in print? Yeah, W-H-E-W. Phew. Okay. <laughs> that's like a fireable quote. I'm sure thinking. it is. Mm-hmm. And, and Dynamite, who, who did she say that to? Right. Dana Plato's not real smart if she actually said that to someone that it got printed. It's very overt. That does not mm-hmm. sound like something her PR person mm-hmm. peddled to People Magazine in order to get attention, to get more money for her contract. No. 
Right. And we then need to call I Jane like- Stein and ask where they got these <laughs> yes. little tidbits. Well, I'm going to follow up. Um, I have some nice follow-ups to what you guys were talking about. I have the no- November 1980 issue of Dynamite that, yes, does feature, as we've said, Fran Tarkenton, Kathy Lee Crosby, and John Davidson. They can't believe that they are on the cover of Dynamite because that's what the little speech bubble <laughs> says. That's incredible. We're on the cover of Dynamite. <laughs> yes. And so we um, are entertained in the very first article with a feature on That's Incredible. A man six feet tall puts himself into a plastic box 16 inches by 17 inches by 22 inches and remains there for 36 minutes. Then he does the same stunt again. This time submerged at the bottom of a oh, swimming God. pool. No, I know. You. We watch this stuff. That's my incredible. anxiety. I'm probably. <laughs> this is probably when my anxiety started. This is where it began. Is watching these poor people. Um, so, yes, it goes on to say that some critics have charged that shows like That's Incredible are too bizarre, too oh freaky. But the producer denies that charge. He says, we do many serious stories, stories about breakthroughs in medical research and things that are going on in the animal world and so on. You think this was kind of like early reality TV. It absolutely was. Real people. That's incredible. When you think about the fact that those shows were on at the same time, it was Mm -hmm. kind of the same show. And it was different from anything that had ever been on TV before. But Mm -hmm. truthfully, I mean, in That's Incredible's defense, I was not tuning in to see the medical breakthroughs. (laughs) I was tuning in to see the guy put himself into the box. (laughs) The next one that I have is the March 1980 edition. It has Gilda Radner on the cover. And I have two things to read you from, again, What's the Word, which is the Us Weekly part of... um, of what is this magazine called? It's called Dynamite. 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 <laughs> okay, Hotline Hollywood. Here, here's a good one. Oh, Heavenly Dog. The movie Oh, Heavenly Dog will be bringing <gasps> oh, that yeah. really heavenly dog, Benji, back to the big screen. Chevy oh, no. Chase also stars, and the new twist in this flick is that the character Chevy plays dies and comes back to life as Benji. That means that Benji will be talking, not barking, with Chevy's voice. But here's the really big secret. Although most of the filming was done in Canada, some scenes had to be shot in London. Thanks to certain English quarantine laws, the real Benji was not allowed into the country. That called for a big talent search for a Benji stand-in. A Benji lookalike was in fact found, so when you see the movie, be sure to look carefully at the quote-unquote Benji in the London (laughs) scenes. Will you be able to tell the difference? Well, now we will. Had they not told us that? (laughs) Spoiler. Exactly. I didn't want to know that. As a kid, you're like, well, wah, wah. Let's go see Not Really Benji. (laughs) Not Really Benji. I just think it's funny that Benji's real name is Benji. Wait, do we remember this movie? Where he talks like Chevy Chase? I don't. I never saw it because I saw like one movie a year and that didn't qualify. But um, I just thought Benji was um, the movie about the dog named Benji and that that little dog had its own name. But apparently Benji was his own <laughs> star. He yeah. alone was a celebrity. There you go. Okay, That's I have, um, I here's another little nugget from Hotline Television City. Will Michael Landon, who plays Charles Ingalls on Little House on the Prairie, have to be written out of the scripts for future episodes? Oh, I, I hope know. not. As all fans of the Little House books know, in the real life story, see, we didn't actually read the books. Don't tell anyone that. <laughs> 
In the real life story, Laura Ingalls never saw her parents again after she married Almanzo Wilder. She was only 14 when she married Almanzo, and she married him against her parents' wishes. Will the show follow the book so closely that we'll never see Laura's family again? Keep an eye on this one to see what happens. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay, can we just have a moment to realize that, one, they didn't, they didn't approve of the marriage. Two, she was 14 and never saw her parents again. Again. And, and mm-hmm. maybe they didn't leave on that great of terms because they weren't, they didn't like Almanzo that much. So oh. we are not, maybe are not getting the proper picture of um, I like the my whole little better. house. Lies. I'm going to take <laughs> Michael Landon over, over the real deal. When I just opened my Dynamite from August of 80, it says there's sin. It's the the letters from listeners are from readers, mm-hmm. and there's this must be the next month because this letter says, "Dear Dynamite," and what's the word of Dynamite number seventy? You said that all fans of the Little House books know that Laura Ingalls married Almanzo Wilder at age 14 and never saw her parents again. Well, I have read all the books, and they say she got married at 18 and saw her parents all the time, which is right. Jill Underhill, Tigered Organ. Dear Way Jill, to go, Jill. The, I know. I like you, Jill. Mm-hmm. Yes. Way to put it to dynamite. Truth in journalism. Dear yes. Jill, the books are right, of course. Dynamite always does things in a big way, and that includes goofs. <laughs> we nearly, we really goofed in number 70 with our wrong information and many Little House fans wrote to correct us. We sincerely apologize for our error and hope everyone accepts it. Thanks for letting us know in such a nice way that we made a mistake. Dynamite. Wait, that's so weird, Kristen, because I had no... No, I had no this idea you were going to read that. This is not scripted, people. This is yeah, not scripted. Right. It is not. I was. Just, I thought I was. I thought it was my turn to share, and I opened my next dynamite to see what year it was, and I that the little house just popped out at me, so I just kind of scanned it, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's kismet right there. <gasps> what is happening? Yeah. Well, yeah, a few things. One, thank you God, because I was very <laughs> upset there, as you just heard a few minutes ago, that she didn't see them anymore. Two, I'm kind of concerned now. How much of this is even real? <laughs> I can't believe that they just, that was a huge goof. I'm also, sorry, that they, dynamite, that they just admitted we all, um, dynamite always does things in a big way, and that includes goofs. So it's basically <laughs> like they're saying, when we mess up, we don't do it small. We do it big. We go big or go home with our mistakes. Look at this, you guys. This is the, um, this is the July 1975 issue of Dynamite Magazine. Look who's on the cover. It's the Slee Stacks from the Land of the Lost. Marshall, Will, and Holly on the routine expedition met the greatest earthquake ever known. Okay, so there's a whole article in here about the Land of the Lost, and they give give this very um, layperson's explanation of how they film it, which is some archaic things about stop motion um, filming and green screen technology, which is not at all um, interesting anymore. Um, But they do give the origin story of Land of the Lost. So this is what Sid Croft says. Okay, dinosaurs are really exciting, Sid Croft told Dynamite. That's why we were thinking of doing something that had to do with dinosaurs. Then I went camping in the Grand Canyon. I suddenly thought, what a terrible place to be in an earthquake. At that moment, I saw a park ranger, and that sparked me. I thought, what if a park ranger and his son and daughter were in the canyon, and one of those gigantic rocks split open, and they found themselves in a world that time forgot? And, well, that's the show. (laughs) 
how about that? That's fascinating to me. Also, like I said, um, the writer's room at Dynamite must have been fun because you could just throw out any type of idea and they're like, sure, let's use it. I think that must be what the writer's room at Land of the Lost was like as well. (laughs) Okay, did you know this? You guys, this blew my mind. So the Crofts, Sid and Marty, the Crofts started making people smile as puppeteers. Today, Sid and Marty Croft's interests have spread so far that the title, The World of Sid and Marty Croft, is not an exaggeration. As a matter of fact, all the artists and craftspeople at the factory are busy building a world right now. It's the world of Sid and Marty Croft, the world's first indoor amusement park, and it will open in Atlanta, Georgia next winter. There was like a Land of the Lost theme park. You guys, what Chris happened to it? That? I was getting so excited thinking this was current. <laughs> I was like, like oh, when? Like my, We're totally my thought going. was like, I can't wait. <laughs> Field I trip. can't wait. <laughs> no, this is 1975. I, how did I not know this? How did I not know about the Land of the Lost theme park? I would have been dying to go. Well, there could be actually there. So it did actually exist. It was built in what is now the CNN building. In Atlanta. Ah. So you see the CNN building on TV all the time. That's where the Land of the Lost Amusement Park was. It only lasted six months. Oh. That's why we never heard about it. Yeah. Um, and I can see that being a really specialized type of, you know, attraction. It's a little niche. Yeah. It's a little (laughs) niche. But they said they said it was a little, um, like you said, niche. No, I guess I said that. Let's scratch that and start over. Okay. Um, they had a lot of reasons for it closing. One being that it was only attractive to a small number of people, like weirdos like me. And also that it was in an area of town known for its urban decay. And people thought it wouldn't be safe to go. Oh. oh. I have a fun little question and answer, a little quiz for you all, you two. In the Dynamite magazine I was just talking about, where the lady wrote in, or the girl, Jill from Tigered Organ, Jill. wrote mm-hmm. in. So this is August 1980. It's a whole, the Brady Bunch is on the front, and we all know that by 1980, the Brady Bunch wasn't a current show, but it's called TV's Top Reruns, The Brady Bunch and More. And it's the article's reruns, the TV shows that wouldn't die. And it's just talking about rerun champs and the, the mm-hmm. reruns we all like to watch. Mm-hmm you know, in the 70s and 1980s. And I just want to ask you guys to see if you can give me some that that were deemed worthy enough to put in this article. Oh, and was this what are something that Dynamite that we said, or is it? Mm-hmm. did they ask the kids? It just says, here's a laughable look at the greatest, silliest, okay. and the longest-running reruns. Gilligan. Gilligan is on there. Mm-hmm. I Love Lucy. Yes, that's the first one. Queen of the reruns. Mm-hmm. I watched I Love Lucy every day after school, even uh, when I was, gosh, I was like a sophomore in high school. So this would have been oh, like I 1982. Watched in yeah. I was definitely, because I loved little Ricky and his little bongos. Now he went, mm-hmm. I loved that. So these are the longest running and I don't the know silliest. That's so funny. His little bongos? <laughs> he did say it just like that. He did. It was it super was. cute. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're, I'm waiting for you <laughs> oh, to answer. Oh, I'm still guessing. Okay. Uh, Dick Van Dyke? Dick Van Dyke? Oh, oh, sorry. Dick Van Dyke is not on there, but that would definitely oh, be not. one I would put that mine. on my list. My Three yeah. Sons. It's not on there. Bewitched. No. I Dream of Jeannie? I'll just tell you. Okay. This is not going well. <laughs> They have The Odd Couple, Gilligan's oh, Island, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. They have The Brady Bunch. They have Green Acres, 
The monkeys? The monsters in the Adams oh, family. The monsters in the Adams family. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know what MASH stands for, by the way? Does medical... it stand for A, Mobile Army Surgical oh. Hospital? Yes. B, yes. Medical Area Service Hospital, or C, no. Military Anti Anti Sanity. No. <laughs> no. It's A. A, final a. answer. Um, oh, I f- wait. Oh, crap. I have to find answers. I have to turn it upside down and look at <laughs> this tiny. Make no- you turn it is page. A. It is A. Okay. Okay. Last one. What does, um, oh no, this is actually fun. We're going to keep going. What does Samantha and Bewitch do before working her magic? I'm not even going to give you the three choices. She does her nose. Mm-hmm. She twitches her nose. I'm not yeah. even going to look at the answer on that one. I know that No, we don't need, we don't need. What parts of the six bil- $6 million man were bionic? A, an arm, an ear, and his legs. B, an eye, his legs, and an ear. Or C, his legs, an arm, and an eye. Oh, <laughs> oh it's I can't C. even keep it straight. I know. You have arm, oh. ear, legs. Yeah, because eye is definitely arm, one of them, isn't it? Arm, no, ear, no ear. Legs? Yes. Is that what you said? C. C. Legs, yeah. arm, Jamie and Jamie Summers, eye. who has an ear? Okay. And then I'm, you guys will know this one, too. What were the names? I'm not even going to give you the... Um, choices. The choices. What were the names of the original three sons on my three sons? Chip, Ernie, and Robbie. Oh, wait. There's an no. older brother. Um, Robbie. Yes, Ernie, Chip, uh-huh. those are right. Yes. Of the original three um, sons. Yes, yeah, maybe that's an older the older brother. And is it Mike? Oh, good yes. job. Yes, so it's Mike, Robbie, and Chip. Yeah. Your other and choices Ernie would have was... been Huey, Dewey, and oh. Louie, or Greg, Bruce, and Chip. <laughs> <laughs> they should have had Peter, oh, Bobby, and Greg. Why do they, Why was uh, there always the elusive yes. older brother? You guys, brother? is there anything There's... in this episode we're going to be able to save? I don't think so. Because what was the yeah. one on Happy was Days? Chuck? Who was the older Chuck? brother on Happy oh, Days? Yeah. Chuck. That was Chuck. Chuck. Yeah. yeah, like why bother having an elusive older brother? It serves no purpose. What is, yeah, I don't know what the point of that is. They didn't have storylines around them or anything. They were to foil for anybody. Yeah, I don't care. Okay. Um, Carolyn, well, do you have another I, one or I should I go? I am happy to go because um, I was okay. thrilled, I'm sure, in the May 1978 issue when they featured on the cover Shields and Yarnell. Yeah. <gasps> <gasps> So creepy. Were they yes, they were mimes. Yes. And we were Yes, and yeah. I loved they them. Were, Ooh. I was put off you by were, the mimes. Well, they <laughs> I dressed yeah. as a mime f- for um and gave out balloons at my stepfather's furniture <laughs> store <laughs> sale. <laughs> well, I wanna know, were you I have um, a photo yeah, of look, that too. That we need to see I wanna know, were you classically okay. trained as a mime? Or yeah. I well a meme? I meme. Don't we say meme? <laughs> I was not, but I had my mom made me. You remember talking about my mom sewing? I had an entire clown outfit that was black and white, but it was more like a clown outfit. But mm-hmm. I painted half my face black and the other half white. And I had the black and white hat and white gloves. And I would pass out. And we also had a little Pepsi wagon, so I would give out <laughs> hot dogs and Pepsi. And I just didn't oh, talk. Oh, that, that works. That's the mime side It was hustle. probably my family saying, dogs. Michelle, be a mime. Go. Mm-hmm. But don't talk. Oh my God, Michelle. <laughs> right. It was they their said, suggestion. You're a mime. You can't talk. Right. It was you their suggestion. Talk. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. My mom. I was probably like, I want to be a clown. And my mom's like, How about a mime? <laughs> nope. No talking. <laughs> nope. Well, you'll be don't glad talk to, to the know customers. that Robert Shields, aka the Shields of the Shields and Yarn Now, that Shields. he was actually Marcel Marceau was. I'm so impressed with Robert Shields. He said, come over to France and I will teach you the classical art of, of mime. And Robert went over there and it just not, was not for him. He did not want to learn that kind of mime. He wanted to do his own kind of Robert Shields mime. mime. Oh. 
Yes. Like variety and show. And so, money. you know, the mm-hmm. robot, that's what they were really big on right now. I'm robot Yeah. Yeah. Weren't they in a box a lot? Were they in a box <laughs> um, a lot or no? That's classical yeah. meme. Classical is it really meme called is meme? It's called meme. Yeah. What are you, is it called meme? <laughs> in French, you okay, say well, meme. Okay, well, see, I just and so said you go to France to left study, France. you're going to be left France. We're back in America. Right. It's mime. Okay. So we say there mime. You, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So he, <laughs> he did his little act for a while solo, Robert, but then he met Yarnell. Uh, sorry. Wait, the, <laughs> of the bowl cut. Gloria, I don't know what's her name. Gloria Yarnell. No, Laureen. Susan. Laureen. Deb. Laureen Yarnell. But unfortunately, when Michelle and Tom Grimm, who wrote the article, when they went to Shields and Yarnell's home to interview, (laughs) wait, they were married? (laughs) They were married. Yeah, they were married. They didn't stay married. What are the chances of marrying another mom? Well, she's actually an actress and a dancer. He taught her. <laughs> he taught her kind of the mime routine. Um, because Force she was mind. actually a, dan- a dance class. <laughs> when they came to interview. So, I'm sorry. So uh, she wasn't there during the in-depth interview. Robert had to answer all the questions for both of them. <laughs> well, she's a meme, so she can't talk. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what's going to happen to this episode. I really don't. I think we have like eight salvageable minutes. That's interesting. You guys, can you just imagine the two of them, though? Like when they're asking, like, what do you want for dinner? It takes like 45 minutes because they keep. Oh, gosh. Oh, there you go. That's right. Well, but actually, do you remember? They had a variety show. Like we loved them so much as a society that they got their own (laughs) weekly variety show. And they were people like this. Now, Michelle is frozen, so she can't see. But, like, don't you remember those kind of um, characters that they were? And I think yes. they had guests on their variety mm-hmm. yep. show. There's a cowboy and a lady of the evening. She's I'm sorry. Look at <laughs> Michelle. I think we lost her. <laughs> or we, wait. She's like, is I'm she, out. Is she being a mom? I'm out. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Michelle, okay, we give. <laughs> Uncle. She's miming. Oh, my God. She says we just lost our power. Oh, my God. What is the deal? What I is going know. on? I would say it was the ghost of Lou Frank. Mm. Nobody's not dead. <laughs> it's the ghost of Lou Frank. No, except that he's not dead. Oh my, this thing has been cursed from the beginning. Oh. oh my gosh, I'm laughing so hard. I'm about to wet my pants. This is when we need our Depends people to sponsor us. I know. We're sponsored <laughs> okay. by Depends. I can't, can it's you text her back? I don't even know who laugh. Okay, um, I don't know. Uh huh. Should I, I say, see ya? <laughs> <laughs> she says, swear to God, you guys, this episode is doomed. Swear to God, I'm sitting in the dark. I can't make this up. <laughs> Can't stop laughing. Uh, Is that what I should say? (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. Now that we've pulled ourselves together, shall we proceed? Okay, next we have a surprise for you. We called Martha today our dynamite benefactor because while we read her magazines, we got to know little Martha. Because if you recall, Dynamite was full of quizzes and questionnaires like we've been reading, and Martha's history was left behind on those pages in her handwriting with her big pen. 
So we thought we'd ask her about some of her answers in Dynamite and maybe even quiz her a little bit. So let's see how much she remembers. Okay, Martha. In July of 1981, you filled out a survey in the issue of Dynamite that featured on the cover, if this helps you, Valerie Bertinelli. Okay, and Dynamite asked you, who would you like to see featured in future issues of Dynamite? And what bands or musical uh, groups would you like to also see featured? And you took the time to fill it out. I guess you didn't mail it in, but you filled it out. (laughs) And I wanted to ask you if you recalled what three stars or celebrities would you have liked to read about in Dynamite magazine when you filled this out in 1981? Any thoughts? Wow. <laughs> I have no idea what I wrote. I'm guessing that um, I might have put Sean Cassidy. He is someone that would have been at the top of my list. Um, and no. <laughs> but he was, in, he was in a lot of the issues, so he had some really yeah, good coverage. I could see how we'll you... give you a hint. Think older. Yeah, a little <laughs> older than Sean Cassidy. I have no idea. Well, we've stumped you. Okay. I'm going to let you know. You were interested in reading more about Bob Hope. Yes. <laughs> I love Bob Hope. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you also, you also loved George Burns. Yes. <laughs> Good night, Gracie. Come on. And uh, oh, God. Yeah. That's a great movie. Oh, oh God was a oh, great movie. Yes. That's true. Oh, God was an excellent that. movie. That was a good movie. And Brooke Shields oh. was the third. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> of course. But the ultimate Indeed. trifecta there. So, Martha, what three groups would you maybe, musical groups, would you have wanted to see featured? Or solo acts? In 19, matter. what was it again? 81? 81. Okay. I don't know. I mean, ABBA comes to mind. Bee Gees comes mm-hmm. to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of some obvious ones. I'm sure I was more esoteric than that, but. Do tell. <laughs> well, well, I will let you know. First, you would have loved to have um, heard some more or read some more about John oh, Denver. Yeah. Yes. That goes with the George yeah. Burns because John Denver yes. was an oh God. Yes. Yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. He's one of my dad's favorites. I bet favorite, you had just so. seen that. Yeah. Oh, oh cute. So sweet. I love listening to John oh. Denver, especially I when we're out too. around the bonfire. Oh. We mm-hmm. always queue up John Denver around the bonfire. Oh, gosh. Yes. I mean, that's just That's classic. evergreen. I love it. That is. That is. Um, And these guys like to think they're evergreen because I think they come through at like the casinos around here at Mystic Lake. We can sometimes um, catch a Styx reunion. So Styx is one of yours. Oh, Oh, my gosh. And then I think this is quintessential 1981 would be Air Supply. I love Air Supply, Martha. And I'm never going to make it like you. Making love, making love. I love. I know like all the lyrics to Air Supply. Songs. Oh, I oh, do. Can too. I tell you I a story about Air Supply? <laughs> yes, please. Oh, please. It's, it's really shocking. I was supposed to go with one of my older brothers to the Air Supply concert, and he ditched me to go with his then girlfriend, who we later dumped. Sad. That's unforgettable. Shame on him. We Uh have words when it comes up. Would that have been your first concert? Yes. Yes. 
So he shortchanged you out of Air Supply being your he first did. concert. And my first concert and actually ended up being John Denver. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, we're going to have you back. We're going to have you back because we have a first mm-hmm. concerts episode uh, coming up in, I don't know, six weeks or so. And we want people to um, call. We're, we're going to have a call-in number that you can just call and leave your voice, you know, your message about <gasps> oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm holding up the dynamite John and recover right like, now. Damn it. Why did I give these to her? <laughs> March of 1982. And the ears to you, dynamite kid. Um, you know, here's your chance to give dynamite an earful. And when you're very, you fill these out, you just never sent them in. Um, your favorite TV shows are, I'm going to give you two and I'm going to see if you can give me the third one. In 1982, your favorite TV shows were Bosom Buddies. Mm. Solid choice. I love that show. Yes. Benson, Mm. another good one. Benson. And what do you think your third, um, your third was? Well, I'll give you one hint. You might have been hoping to see Bob Hope or George Burns on this show. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, the Carol Burnett show? No. That's a good guess. No, Another but good you love, your third favorite show was The Tonight oh. Show. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're an old soul, Martha. I thought you were going to say Love Boat. It was The Tonight Show. <laughs> no, Martha loved Bosom Buddies, Benson, and The Tonight Show. The Tonight Show. Which I didn't normally get to watch, so that's... Martha, how old were you? (laughs) (laughs) We love you, Martha. Oh, my God. Okay, I have a very special issue of Dynamite. It's it's a collector's issue all about bummers where kids write in and say, like, isn't it a bummer when your shoelaces come untied? And you wrote all over the front of it, Martha's, keep your hands off. And then in all caps, you wrote again, hands off, just in case they didn't read the first message. It's that brother. It's that awful brother. Yes. Yes. I had two brothers. Everyone was all over your dynamite. Okay. And so there's there's a column in here where you get to write about your summer. And so this is, um, this is August of 1981. Um, I'm sure you don't remember this, but at the time you were reading a book called Hey Lover Boy. Oh, no. <laughs> that sounds like a good one. Sounds like um, one of those sweet dreams romances that we posted about mm-hmm, that time, doesn't yeah. it? Like I can picture the cover of that book. It didn't, it wasn't a classic, I don't know. It wasn't a Judy Blue, um, so no. No, no, no. I think you got that on the sale table at the library. Um <laughs> Okay, that summer, so the summer of of 1981, when you were 13 years old, you said, I learned how to, do you remember what you learned how to do? Drive. Oh, really? At 13? Oh, we learned really, (laughs) I'm from rural Iowa, so we learned really young. Oh, yeah, Yeah. you're right. You're driving a tractor. I mean, she's watching George Burns (laughs) in Papa. I mean, she's probably, she probably is. I was surprised, maybe way more mature Did you learn to smoke a pipe? No, I didn't. Um, I'll I'll tell you, you learned to do a backflip in the water. I like how you emphasized it was in the water, though. You didn't want to lead dynamite on. You wanted to make sure that they got the real deal. Okay, and then there's oh. another, um, there's another, I'm sorry, Michelle, Carolyn. Oh, I'm just, I was Carolyn, just going to interject. I just thought this was, this was funny because I just looked up Hey Lover Boy. Oh, no. <laughs> oh you did? Oh, yeah. And it was originally published in 1981. I'm guessing, yeah, children's book. But 13-year-old Paul's attempts to do research for the pornographic play he plans to write for Mrs. Coover's writing what? class are hampered by the sudden devoted attentions of his classmate, Margaret. Oh. Oh. I want to read it. His pornographic uh, play? No, that just does not seem yeah. like me. <laughs> 
Well, there's the Tonight yeah. Show and yeah. George yeah, Burns right. and Bob Hope. You were just really, yeah. really advanced. Oh my gosh. Okay, this are, there's a quick column here that's super funny called What's oh, Hot and I'm What's Not, just, and you get I'm to. Sorry. I'm just, what? You're starting all over again because this is my rabbit hole. The author oh. also wrote How to oh, Eat Fried Worms. Oh, that's a new way. Okay. There you go. Was that Richard Peck? No, um, this is Thomas yeah, Russell. That's how I got to oh, it. Me and I'm stopping. In that the, in I remember. I'm sure I just went to the library and said, "What else do you have by yeah. this author?" Yeah, it's yeah. right mm-hmm. next to it. Right. Sure, you just grabbed it off the shelf. Hey, lover boy. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> We're all gonna go find Hey Lover Boy on eBay now. <laughs> that is pornographic. I'm getting the sample right now. Oh. I know. <laughs> Okay, I have a quiz a quiz that um, Little Martha took, and Little Martha did really well. And we just want to see if you can do as well oh, as Little Martha did. Probably not. So this is, the article is called, Tune in to Dynamite's TV Trivia Quiz. Hold it, gang. Don't touch that dial. It's time to take a break from the puzzles and time to tune in to this TV Trivia Quiz. Okay, little Martha. Oh, no, this is big Martha. Big Martha, are you ready? You're competing against little Martha. Let's say old Martha. I don't like big Martha. You know, has the wrong <laughs> <laughs> She'd rather be old than big. Okay, old Martha, number one. And these are all multiple choice, so I'll give you choices. That'll make it easier for you. Maybe. Tom Selleck made a lot of commercials before he hit it big on Magnum P.I., His good looks have sold a lot of A, cigarettes, B, aftershave lotion, C, Pepsi, or D, all of the above. All of the above. Ding, 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 ding. Little Martha got that one right, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's where um, you know Annie Smith. Yes. Um, She said she, when she saw Magnum P.I. on the screen, she got up really close and she was like examining it and she thought to herself, hmm. I guess that's what sexy means. (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't wrong. She wasn't wrong. That's right. She was figuring it out. Okay. And the tube socks. Um, Number two, Laverne and Shirley has been a popular show for six years, but Penny Marshall has been on TV much longer. Again, we have multiple choice. Her first TV series was A, The Brady Bunch, B, The Odd Couple, or C, Happy Days. Happy Days. Oh, I would have said Happy Days, too. The Odd Couple. She was Jack Klugman's (gasps) secretary. Oh, gosh. And she Mm. was brilliant. Her name's like Bernice or something like that. Little Martha got that right, by the way. Way to go, Little Martha. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's good. Okay, number three. Gilligan and the rest of the passengers were left stranded on an island in the Pacific after their boat ran aground in a storm. The name of the ill-fated boat was A, Pacific Princess, B, Minnow, C, Titanic. It was Minnow, and you know what I just learned about that? <laughs> I didn't expect Martha to come bring us I stuff. I, I thought know. we were just going to give her stuff. Newton Minnow was his name. <clears throat> Martha's going to be our new, like, oh. contributor, like, and for that, She's, we're going to go yeah. to Martha. <laughs> it, Martha's it in the field. It was Sherwood Schwartz. <laughs> yes. It says who, who fired a return shot. That, oh, right, right. For naming <gasps> the shipwreck boat Gilligan's Island. Um, and, yeah, anyway. Huh. I think he was talking, That's oh, he was awesome. talking about TV as the vast wasteland. So Newton Minow, who was behind the, the starting of public television, went after what was on TV, and so Sherwood Schwartz said, oh, yeah, take that. That is fabulous. So just, that is fabulous. 
Good, fun fact. And Sherwood Forest must have been so excited that his last name was oh, Minnow. It could not <laughs> have been. fits so nicely. Yeah. And this guy is just right. as cute as ever. His daughter was sitting on the couch behind when he was being interviewed, and he was just sharp as a tack, and he's like 97 or something. Anyway. Mr. Yeah. Minnow? Anyway. That's yeah. hilarious. Oh. Sorry. Total sidebar. That's great. Right. <laughs> no. We love our sidebars. They're the Carolyn best Carolyn loves a good sidebar. That'll I go down actually, I'm rabbit really hole. trying to um, write down some notes um, to figure out this. I'm really loving that. And now we go to Martha in the field. Like, <laughs> that was hilarious. I don't know how we can ever do that. And then we'll just, we'll just tape it at a different time and it'll just be right. Martha's like man on the street interviews. Please. We have, oh, we have Carolyn's rabbit hole and we have Martha yes, in the field. Perfect. Wouldn't that be so I funny? And she's it. just like, whatever we're talking about, like, TV theme song. She just is out there with a microphone and, a, and her and her iPhone going, what's your favorite TV theme song? What's your favorite TV theme song? We can figure something out. This would right, be really funny. Right. There are no TV themes. I like how anymore. I'm texting my family too. Can so, I went straight from therapy to this and I'm starving oh. and I'm like, can someone please bring me a sleeve of Ritz crackers and a Diet Pepsi and sit them outside my closet door? <laughs> I, I have some nice. blueberries so I'll share with you. Okay, let's see. Oh. Uh, let's move on. Let's go up to the greatest American hero, oh. shall we? You guys, is that the greatest? Greatest mm-hmm. theme song ever. Oh, Speaking of theme songs. Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I never thought I could feel so free. Joey Scarborough, right? Did the song. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good memory. Yeah. Yes. yes. That made sure. it to the billboard. Mm-hmm. Is that a song maybe you could put on a sp- I'm walking on air. Is that like an actual, like sometimes, you know, theme songs are an actual full length song. Oh, it was on the radio. Yeah. It was a hit. I'm adding it to Spotify playlist. Huge hit. Yeah, I huge love hit. that song. And, mm-hmm. the, and the show was oh, also hilarious. Fantastic. Yeah. Such yeah. a good show. Okay, so let's. here's our greatest American <laughs> hero question, um, which little Martha did get right also. The greatest American hero is always flying off and getting involved in all kinds of adventures while his girlfriend worries about him. What does she do for a living? A, she's a lawyer. B, she's a teacher. C, she's an actress, or D, she worries. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I don't know. Really. Teacher. No, she's no. a lawyer. Little Martha was paying yeah, attention. Was. <clears throat> I love that this was... question. I'm sorry, Carolyn, what? Oh, I was just going to say that was Connie Selica, oh, I believe. Yeah, that so oh. yeah you're nice. right. Okay. I feel okay. like I had more information about Connie Selica and nothing came out of my mouth. Here's one. I think this is my favorite question. On the show, Different Strokes, Arnold and Willis now live in the beautiful Fifth Avenue apartment of Philip Drummond. How did he first meet the boys? A, their mother was his housekeeper before she died. B, he donated some money to the adoption agency where they lived and Arnold accepted the check. Or C, they were wandering in the streets and he asked them for directions. Their mom was the maid. Yes, oh, that's was. what I think. Yeah. So. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ding, this ding, is ding. so fun. I think we should do a whole episode on like some game show like this. This is really fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm enjoying it now. <laughs> you guys are all, I get met with crickets, but I'm like, this is really fun for me. <laughs> this is the last one. And I'm just going to tell you, little Martha had a lot of trouble here and there's a lot of crossing out and some scribbling and... I'm not exactly sure if she got it right or if she chose all of them. I don't know. Okay, so so just know. I can just see little Martha. Like, I know. Okay. No. Be better, little Martha. I know. Be and you guys, she had no Google. There was nothing that she That's could right. do. She couldn't get the answers. 
<laughs> okay, so here's the question. Before Merlin Olson put on his priestly robes and became Father Murphy, he was A, a football player, B, an actor on Little House, C, a sports announcer, or D, all of, all these, of things. these things. All of these yeah. things. Yes. I think little Martha eventually got there, but it was just hard for her. <laughs> I'm just really feeling for her right now. Oh. <laughs> Martha, thanks for playing, oh, man. My gosh. Yes. You guys are great. I have this was one really more, fun. But... We're definitely going to have you back, Martha. Yeah, we'll this have you fun. back. We'll quiz you some more on your Dynamite okay. magazines. Okay, well, you know, Bob Hope <laughs> and George Burns are timeless. So I'm, I'm oh really glad they are. <laughs> they are. And the Tonight Show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Martha, would you like to tell people how to follow Kunal Collections? You want to give us your tagline for what Kunal Collections is and how they oh, can yeah. find you? Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Kunal Collections or on Facebook, Kunal Collections. Martha sources um, home items from all over the world, from Norway and Morocco and um works with artisans all over the world to bring you beautiful things for your home. The thing that I have all over my house are sheepskins. I love that. <laughs> and I was, Martha, I was telling Carolyn and Michelle about how the guy who gets your sheepskins lost his sheep oh. one day and you had to go out on the mountain and help we him did. find his sheep. Yep. We found the sheep. Beautiful stuff, blankets and pillows and poofs and pottery. Oh, Good yes. Mm-hmm. Really beautiful oh, stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. And we'll put a link in the show oh, notes. That's really sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't even think of that. It's very wow, official. Thank you. We are very sweet in case you know, just <laughs> you <are. laughs> in case word on the street says anything else. We are sweet. Oh my gosh. Martha, thank you so much for being our guinea you pig bet. today. Yeah. You're yes. a good sport, yeah. Martha. Thank well, thanks you, Martha. for inviting me. I love you Martha. Sure it was nice to Martha, meet her. You're so great. And this episode of the PCPS is dedicated to Martha and all you Gen Xers who saved your pennies and counted the days until the next Scholastic Book Order arrived so you could get your beloved Dynamite magazine. Thanks for listening and have a Dynamite day. And join us next time when we'll be saving that circular path to Nirvana, the roller rink. And also, if you enjoy our conversations, we'd be so grateful if you would leave a glorious review using the words witty and enlightening, if you'd like. And most importantly, (laughs) subscribe or follow wherever you listen. That's really important. And we also have a lot of fun on social media. Just search Pop Culture Preservation Society. In the meantime, let's raise our glasses for a toast. Courtesy of Chrissy, our favorite blonde, Janet, our favorite brunette, and Jack Tripper, our favorite pretend gay man. (laughs) To good times. To happy days. To the little house on the prairie. Cheers. 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 Hallelujah, motherfuckers. Jesus. Oh, my God. Let's wrap that up. (laughs) I want to renegotiate my contract before I go into this editing. I want to get out of my dark closet. It's scary in here. Information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to me, the Crushologist, and Carolyn and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, I guess there's always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded at Modern Well, a woman-centered co-working space in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. We get a happy feeling when we're singing a song.